Today's episode is sponsored by Youmore. Youmore helps us better understand and uplift our mental health with instant screening, data tracking, insights, and targeted exercises. I've had the pleasure of having both co-founders on the podcast, and I really admire what they do and love their vision behind the company. Youmore is the AI-powered mental well-being tracker that helps you build positive habits, change behaviors, and share your progress with friends, family, and physicians. Youmore's vision is to make mental health as seamless and as accessible as possible. Its purpose is to act as a support and prevention tool and to provide you with the data and insights to help you develop an awareness of your current mental state and stress levels. The way it works is very simple. You download the app for free on your smartphone. You fill in a quick questionnaire that will assess how you're currently feeling, which will act as a starting point, and it will check in with you daily to track your well-being over time and so that you are able to see your progression day by day. Youmore also gives you access to many evidence-based exercises which are designed to help you live your happiest and healthiest life. The goal of Youmore is to be your friend, is there to help and support you in your mental health journey. And to find out more, you can check out their website at youmore.app. Hey guys, welcome and hope it helps. Today's guest is Yasi Zhang. Yasi is an international marketing professional who has worked in eight countries across a variety of industries and brands such as Heineken, Unilever, Coreledger, and is currently the managing director of a marketing agency that helps blockchain startups promote and scale. She is also the founder and host of the Fast Track podcast that covers topics of entrepreneurship, personal finance, and career development, and the aim is to help you launch your life on the Fast Track. During this episode, we discuss how to think about managing your money, we talk about the similarities of marketing across different industries, and the role of podcasting in relation to building your audience and brand. And the last message she wanted to share is to start personal finance education now and take action right after and that you will not regret it. Please welcome to the show, Ms. Yasi Zhang. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very passionate talking about um, investment, personal finance, money management, all this, because, um, yeah, there's a whole story behind it, why I'm passionate about it. (laughs) And uh, I think it's important for people to know how to manage their money. Yeah, for sure. And I think nowadays, especially with lots of people trying to do different things, build a business, you know, even investing and stuff like crypto and all that kind of stuff that's come up uh, recently, everyone's trying to get into that world. So having I think there's a lack of information out there for, let's say, someone who wants to start from zero. Uh, So I thought, you know, um, your the work you do and your podcast would be super useful for people like that. Um, But before we get into, you know, the details and everything, Yasi, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we can take it from there. Okay, sure. Um, so I was originally born in China. Then I moved to Singapore when I was 18, 19 years old for further study. So after moving there, I get a chance to um, to work in the US during the summer for a work and travel program. And during that time, I discovered my true passion is to to travel right and to explore the world and to meet different people from different cultures and ever since then i lived in eight different countries for work for study oh wow yeah so switzerland is the eighth country so in the us in europe different countries northern europe europe africa um asia also shanghai and uh, singapore and and then um yeah and then so I'm always about, you know, having this freedom and I'm a free spirit. So I think that tied back to what I'm doing today is that I want to create, um, I want to create a lifestyle that 
I am able to decide when and how I manage my time. So sure. that that leads to what I'm doing today, which is one side I'm developing this podcast, and then to create this uh, fast track money course with Matthias, so that we can help people understand how to manage their money. Because essentially, to me, money is a tool for me to to achieve the freedom I want. And on it, on yeah. the other hand, with the marketing agency company that we are helping blockchain startups to bring their products to the marketplace, it's also tied back to the you know rich dad poor dad Robert Kiyosaki cash flow quadrant yeah. that you need to be in the B and in the I so that you don't mm. trade your time for money. So that's one of the reasons why I also started this business because I have worked 10 years in marketing and I'm very passionate about tech startups. And yeah, that's a great combination. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and thank you for sharing that, that background. And wow, eight, eight countries. That must have been uh, a pretty amazing experience working in different cultures and, you know, in different places and so on. So, and I really like what you talked about, how what you do now is related to what you like and what you want for yourself, which is that freedom and to help other people find more freedom in their lives by, by, by being able to manage their time, you know, and their money correctly. So uh, that's awesome. Um, so let's start, I guess, with the whole, let's start with money then. Um, you guys said something, I was doing um, my research and uh, on, on your website, you guys talk about for the Fast Money course is making money an effective tool to fulfill your dreams. Now, I think myself maybe, and I think a lot of other people at the moment maybe have a misconception about money that is wrong maybe we don't have the best relationship uh with money either so could you tell us a little bit more about your mindset towards money how people like me and people like a lot of people should be looking at that and we'll go from there yeah so fast track money course with financial imagineer is the collaboration i did with matthias richter so he he, he called himself financial imagineer because the idea is that um you can Im- engineer your life but with using money is a tool so money is not a goal but it's a tool so what it means by using money as a tool to fulfill your dreams is that imagine when we are young we have a lot of human capital human capital means you can trade your basically your labor for for money right so you work eight hours per day then you get paid uh, but when you're younger, you can work more, you can work two jobs, you can work like in consulting, investment banking, more high intense job that you earn more money. But when you get older in your 50s, right, late 40s, 50s or early 60s, you tend to have less energy. Then that, at that time, you have less human capital. So that will, we, we, we talk about human capital. So when you're young, you okay. can imagine the curve going down with time. And then and on the other hand, there's financial capital. Financial capital is your investments, your assets, your cash. Your financial capital is very low at the beginning. I mean, if you don't inherit a lot of money from your family, usually it's (laughs) salary level usually goes up when you have more experience, right? So people when they're young, they have time, but they don't have money. (laughs) When people that are old, right, when they uh, retire, they have a lot of time, but they might not have that much money if they didn't know how to you know, invest properly when they're younger. So the point here is how to leverage your human capital when you're younger to accumulate your financial capital as fast as possible as to the most extent optimized way possible. So that when you reach late 40s or 50s or 60s, then you would have built up a large sum of financial capital, which will generate passive income for you 
by then you don't need to exchange your human capital for income, but your financial capital is working for you that you can live your life, you can travel, you can deploy uh, your assets into, into in the ways that generate enough cash flow to cover your living expenses. So, but, sure. you know, that's ideal scenario, ideal scenario. Yeah, but if, for sure. if people don't, lo- don't know how to manage their money, how to invest, you know, if they don't start young, if they don't start early, they will never have enough time to let their financial capital to compound because compound okay. takes time. So yeah. if they start in their 20s, let's just say if they invest in S&P 500 for 10 years, let's say last 10 years is the one of the best 10 years. But if you look at 20, 30, 40 years, it's always returns always between minimum 7%, I think 7 to 10% at least. So let's just say 10% per year. If you invest starting 10, in your 20s, let's say 25 to 35 in S&P 500, then 10 years later, you would have doubled all your money. Yeah. What yeah. the same thing happened, the same 10 years, right? If you don't start in your 25, if you start in your 45, you still need the 10 years to double, but mm. you are, you cannot make it five years. You still need the 10 years. So to, in order to let compound to kick in, you know, the first 10 years, it doubled the next 10 years, the next 10 years, it can triple quadruple 10 times. The, the longer time horizon you have stay invested, the faster the, your financial capital will make more financial capital for you. So the point here is if you are younger, in your 20s, 30s, or early 40s, you start investing now, then later you would have more financial capital than if you think, oh, I'm so busy, let me start next year, I will figure it out later, I'm too busy with my job. But you know, people didn't, people don't see the right priority. Your priority is your own life before your job. So you have yes. to figure out what's the priority for you and how to do it in a way that would work for you later in life. And then, you know, you do your daily job, then you know why you're working for it, because it makes you income, then you save, then you invest, then you know, where is your goal, what you want to achieve. So that that's what we, what we mean by use money as a tool to fulfill your dreams. So your dreams can be, you know, your hobby, anything you want to do, but most of the people, they're not doing that on a daily basis, because either those stuff, those activities are not making them money, or they cannot think about a way to uh, to to perform those activities in a way to make them money, or they have been educated uh, in a way that they have a financial finance degree, they work in the banks for 10, 20 years, it's hard for them to give up everything and to switch career. So the risk is too high. So there are lots of yeah. reasons why people are not doing, you know, fulfilling their dreams. So the point here is if you have enough financial capital, you don't need to work for making money because your financial capital is enough to cover expenses, then you are living your dreams. You know, you do whatever you enjoy doing. So that's the key concept here to start from the why you need to really understand how to use money as a tool. Actually, it's for your life to live the way you want to live. Yeah. 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 Uh, And I think that I think the way you guys have described it between human capital and financial capital. And when you take into account the the stuff you talked about, like why it's so important to start younger, because you need that time you lose if you start, let's say at 35 to 25, like you were saying, you lose that 10 years of potential compounding that you know that you have to wait now for it to get to that level. So I think listening to you, listening to that example, it, it's very, it's simple. And it kind of it makes sense. It makes sense to me at least. And I think 
it gives you a new perspective on how you should be thinking about it. You know, people think about, I want to invest a lot of times, especially maybe people that are younger, they want to invest for a quick return. Um, but when you think of it from your perspective, it's to get the, it's the earlier you start, basically the closer you get to the earlier you get to that freedom that you're looking for. You know, you might get there faster. It might take, it might take longer, but the earlier you start, the better chance you have. So I think that makes, I think that makes a lot of sense and it's a really good way to, good way to think about it. So what do you say to people? Um, you know, that famous saying, um, money can't buy happiness. Now, obviously a lot of people have, you know, talked about this. They say that money is not everything, but, and I think, that saying, I understand what people are trying to say by that, but at the same time, that I think it takes away sometimes for uh, takes away from how you sh the importance you should be placing on your money and your financial future. So, what do you say about that? What are your thoughts on you know that famous saying? I have one phrase that I like. Is there are a few phrases? Okay, one is okay. without money, you double your problems. Ah, I like that. I haven't heard that before. Okay, okay. So, for example, if, if let's just say, um, if you are in, uh, I don't know, if if you get a fine for speeding tickets, right, and you don't have money, so first your problem is you have to pay for the tickets, and then secondly, if you don't have money, you need to find enough money to pay for that fine. So, you know, not having enough money double your problems in almost all situations. Almost almost okay all situations yeah. so and then second thing is money cannot buy happiness but most of the unhappy times are caused by money by not having enough money true true that's and, actually very true yeah. and one of the sentences i like my mom told me because before when i was living alone abroad i oftentimes had a lot of you know challenges in life because i have to deal with them myself and i was like a student i didn't make a lot of income and then my mom would told me, um, if this problem can be solved by money, it's not a problem. And that made me think, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, now I feel much better. I don't have to stress over it, right? I mean, it's, it's a way just to console myself, not that I have to waste or spend my money to deal with everything. But back to what you said, like money cannot buy happiness. But I would say in most of scenario, having enough money can help you solve many problems or avoid many problems. Yeah. So money is not evil. If you use it correctly, it's actually helping you to live a better life. Yeah, true. Yeah. And I think that's, and at the end of the day, that's what we're all trying to do, right? Everyone wants that freedom. Everyone wants to have enough money. So you don't, they don't have to think about, you know, making money, you know, you have, you've made your amount and now you can live your life. Yeah. Going back to what we're talking about, your dream life, as we were talking, talking about earlier, but I really like that, that uh, what you said that, without not money yeah not having enough all your money, problems are doubled yeah double yeah. your problems yeah essentially yeah. it's a tool right you, you have to see money is a tool not as a goal it's a tool and how to use the tools to it's your toolbox box right how to use the tools to engineer your life in a way that you know works best for works best best for you yeah yeah um and when and to use it as a tool correctly you need to have i think some education behind that you need to understand how is it the value of it how things like compounding works how to you know structure your you have to have a financial plan and so on but i think unless you worked or were involved in the financial sector in that in that world a lot of people don't have that education and that you know and that knowledge so i guess the question is why is it is that 
so important information that's that important why is that so lacking like across the board and what do we have to do like from our side if we don't know where to start how do we fix it i know you have a course but we'll get we'll get into that in a second <laughs> yeah so come back to a question there are two points i want to highlight sure. even people who work in the financial sector they might not know how to manage their money properly why i said that okay okay why i said that um I have to say, I have a finance degree. Okay, my undergraduate study, I have a finance degree. But I didn't invest properly or I didn't manage my money the way that it should be managed until I'm in my early 30s. Okay. okay. So I just put that up front. And then also I have a friend. She never invested. She just saved. Um, she saves the money for the family. She managed the family finances in a way just... You know, her husband makes income, she makes income, then she put expenses at the side and the rest she just put in the bank. And she is accountant. She has more than 20 years experience, okay. Okay. accounting experience. So I have to put it up front there. People sure. who have a finance degree or work in the financial sector does really not mean that they know how to manage their personal finance. It's a... okay. Okay. Yeah, but if they understand the company, in fact, time value of money, it helps them to understand the concept when it comes to investing. So, and the point number two, I think your question is about for people who do not have those knowledge, how would they yeah. start, right? So yeah. I think this is a life skill that anyone can learn. It's not rocket science. It's not about um, taking out your calculator and you have to calculate all these numbers <laughs> in a very complicated way. It's really about sure. a, a mindset, a way of looking at money as a tool and the way of looking at how you want to live your life and what kind of finances you need to support that lifestyle and then work backwards. And how are you going to achieve that amount, right? It can be a fixed amount. Uh, a goal or it can be like a cash flow goal and um so i think it's very as it's like a misconception it's not that complicated it's really simple it's a way to understand how money works and how you live your life and then reverse engineer everything and then learn the basics of investing i would just say if you read the books from Brogel hat or if you know etf investing Everybody can do that. You don't have to trade stocks. You don't have to read Financial Times, Wall Street journals, right? You just have your portfolio ready, three to four investment, let it run, dollar cost averaging, close your eyes, 10 years, 20 years, and then, then you can use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, you made a, I think you made a very good point about that. That's why people have a misconception. And I think what happens as well is when you don't understand it and when you don't maybe have the knowledge of how simple it can be, you know, for you, there's a fear that you have, you know, it's like in the bank, it's safe. You know, I can look at my account every month and I know I have this much. This is how much I have. This is my runway for the next year, six months, whatever. But when you want to uh, start invest investing, you're like, okay, I'm taking out from that saving that I really like and I'm comfortable with in the hope to make more money. So obviously there's risk associated with everything, but I think that's where the fear starts to come in, especially when we don't understand it as well. What do you think? Yes. And one of the points you just mentioned, I think it's very good that you mentioned here because a lot of people are thinking like that, runway. And when, when we talk about like 
achieving your financial freedom or retire early, people think, wow, you need to have like hundreds of millions. Because they think <laughs> they need to make, let's say, 100 million. And then every yeah. year they need to, uh, you know, spend 100K. Then they just deduct from that uh, pot of money, you know, one yeah. a little bit, a, a little bit by little bit. So that's what <laughs> most people think. But in reality, it's not because if you build up your financial capital, your financial capital will generate the cash flow for you. For example, like dividends. Um, that's one way. If you invest in real estate, you can have rental income. There are different ways that your financial capital can generate the monthly cash flow. So if you have a yeah. pot of money just right there, it won't go. You won't become less, but it can generate enough cash flow that su- support your daily expenses. So you don't need to make 100 million. Maybe 1 million would be enough, right? Or 1.5 or even 800K would be enough. Depends on where you are living in the world. So I think that's one of the misconceptions. And then coming back to the investing, I'll say a few statements here. Let's the audience decide if they feel the same. Investing is very risky because they don't know when they should buy and sell. Investing takes a lot of time because they need to do the analysis. They need to read a lot of um, reports and then they don't have enough time. And investing is only for rich people. They don't have enough money to invest. <laughs> yes. That's, I think the last one you said is probably the, the biggest one. Because like you were talking about earlier that when we're younger, you're, you have human capital, but you don't have a lot of financial capital. So you're like, I'm not, it's, I have a small amount to invest. So I don't think even with investing, I'm going to make that much more. So it's safer for me to leave it in the bank. I think the last point is super important. Yeah. So coming back to the investing, right? So if you are new to investing, um, I think before starting before starting to invest your money in the markets, first understand how money works, have the right okay. money habits, and then have your budget sorted out, have an emergency fund at the side, and then study the, how to say, some basic um, strategies for you. Maybe three fund portfolio or just one ETF, total world. That's one of the most popular one. And then you understand how it works. You understand the basics of investing. You just need to understand the basic principles. You don't have to read charts and do analysis every day. Once you understand that, then when you start to invest your money really in the market, you will feel much more comfortable with it. Even the price dipped 10% next day, you, you can still sleep very well. You won't like do the panic sale. So I would strongly recommend everyone first to understand how money works, um, get your habits right, get your mindset right, and then understand the basics of investing, the basic principles, and then start it by maybe a small amount just to test it out how, how comfortable yeah. you are with the movement of the market. And, and then you can start to you know, put more in savings in your investment and then let it roll for the next 10, 15, 20 years. So that yeah. that will avoid some, how to say, undesired actions by people who don't really understand the basics of investing, such as panic sale, such as started to trade frequently yeah. which, where they, when they should not have. So that's my advice. Yeah, I think that's, that's some great advice and the way you structure it. You know, first of all, understanding how money works building those important habits, budgeting the right way, and then learning some basic investing. I think those four are 
crucial things that, I think, like you said, it's a life skill that anyone should know or understand uh, about themselves. So they know when they're making those moves, what they should do and so on. And I think listening to you, the safe bet from an investment perspective is do put it in and let it run uh, long term, you know, 10 years, 20 years, like a long term. It's, it's a safe bet and you should be in a good spot um, uh, further down the line. Now, the reason I bring that up is so I... I always wanted to know what to invest in. You know, this beginning of last year, I'm like, okay, I want to learn how to invest. And my friend was just on my ass about, bro, you have to get into crypto. You have to get into crypto and so on. So I just jumped in, you know, head first. I didn't really know what I was doing. And then I started trading a little bit here, a little bit there. But I also learned I made so many mistakes. Uh, I took a trading course because I wanted to do day trading and it was very stressful. And also I used leverage, which was a terrible idea. So, so many lessons were learned along the way, but I'm like, it's okay. This is this this is the price I'm paying to learn um, and to do this, uh, hopefully, you know, long term. Um, and I guess the question I had to you, so kind of moving into like crypt, the, the crypto world and blockchain and so on. So last year around last year there's all this hype about crypto it became like top of mind you know everyone news channels were talking about it for some reason last year it really like from my perspective at least it blew up and people that have never traded before got into it and so on and now we're seeing another explosion this year or the last few months with nfts so it's this whole new world about that and opportunities to invest in and so on but i think it's attracting a lot of people, but maybe for the wrong reasons, because the hype you hear around is buy this, you'll make 10x, 20x, 30x in a week, two weeks, 10 days. So how do you think that's affecting the mindset of people like that are wanting to like are looking to invest and get into those kind of things? Yeah, that's a very good question, because getting rich fast is always something, let's say, I don't want to say something negative about it, but the guaranteed way, almost guaranteed way it's been yeah. proven, right? Is yeah. the compound effect is to let time do the work for you, okay? And yeah. if you look at the equity uh, market, let's just say, I, again, I love ETFs because ETF, I think it's just for almost for everyone. If you look at the ETF, you buy total world, world 4,200 companies or so. If, if you think, the world is still developing and is still growing. The tech, new technology, everything, the company is doing better and better. Uh, would you think that the price of the ETF will go up or go down? Right? If, it, if you have 4,200 companies in the portfolio and if you believe the world will always become better and better, of course the price will go up based on your own assumption. So if you look at the 5, 10, 20, 30 years time, it has always been going up. But if you zoom into a month, if you zoom into an hour, if you zoom into one minute, yeah, it fluctuates like crazy, right? Then if, yeah. if people look at like a one hour chart, they're like, oh, chart, I, yeah. <laughs> I will not invest <laughs> at all. It's too risky. But if you look at 10 years time horizon, 20 years, 30 years, that's why getting rich fast or quick is... Mm, something I personally feel very doubtful about because I know there's yeah. another way that you can almost guaranteed to increase your financial capital by investing in the ETF, right? And then coming back to NFTs, and I know a lot of people made a lot of money, 
by trading NFTs or investing in some of the, uh, let's say, tokens that they do staking with high yield. Yeah. Uh, personally, if I'm a money coach, if the person already honest, already have this emergency fund sorted out, understand how money works, have their own portfolio already set it up, and they have very steady income, and they have extra money, and they understand the project ins and out, and they believe in it, yeah, they can invest. But for people who don't have emergency funds, emergency funds set aside, who don't understand how money works and how investing works, who don't have the, you know, uh, their own portfolio set up to run over the long run that to guarantee their retirement money, yeah. then I think they are risking um, their financial future. They're, they're just like betting. But I have to say, yeah. I have friends in the circle. They, you know, they started their own project or they really understand technologies. Um, they know what they are doing. And they know if it's a hype project, then they leverage on the hype, then they exit, right? There are people that really just, they know it. But if you are those type of people, yes, just just do, because you know what you're doing. But for the majorities, I think it's just, um, you have to know what you are doing, not just following the hype. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I think that's really good advice about, it's not that it's impossible, but if I think you made a good point that there's so much you should have or you should focus on having in place before you in, enter such a volatile world that like of NFTs, you know, and cryptos and so on. So I think that's really good advice. And I like what you said, like why you're not saying anything negative about it, but like if I do the long, this long-term thing with something that's safe, like if I'm going really long-term 10, 20, 30 years, this is a guarantee. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just, I guess it depends on, the person where they are in their life how what's their financial situation as well and what they they what they want as well do they want to take be a, be a bit riskier now or do they want to let it run for a while um but i wanted to come back to uh, before we round off this whole money the money part of the conversation uh to your course um uh the fast track money course so i took a look at it and it was really interesting i liked how it was uh set up and the process that you guys you know you take people through um i have two questions for you Number one, uh, why? What, what made you decide to, you know, create it? What was what was that process look like? Like, how did you put the program together? And then I'll follow up with another one. Okay, so why I wanted to do this course is, uh, I have to say, I'm very grateful for the say tragic events happened in my life that make me realize that uh, I need to learn how to use money as a tool, and with not having enough money doubles the problem you see okay. so in 2020 in, in 2020 that's the time when we have um, the covid situation right actually one month yeah. two months before the covid situation there's a you know my my family member was diagnosed with like a very okay illness like a, it can it can incur let's say um prolonged medical bills you know you, you know okay it's yeah it's, yeah it's uh it's an unpredictable situation. But then when, yeah. so I was checking on the internet, where is the best treatment in the world? Okay, US, many of them are in the US. And if you don't have private insurance, how much would it cost? And it would cost up to 400,000 USD per year. 400,000 USD per year. And if you don't have that much money, um, if you do not have enough money, right? That means the chance to receive that kind of treatment is zero. So what yeah. I translated from that information to me is 
having money means you can live longer. Having money means you can、mm. either have a chance to live or die or live longer. At that time, I、yeah. feel like, oh my god, you can pr- put a price tag on life, and th- that、wow. that kind of like shocked me. That information really shocked me. And then、uh, one month later, I came back to Switzerland, and I also did a medical checkup because I haven't done it for a few years. I was like, okay, let me do it.、Uh, then my doctor found found out there was a fifteen centimeter like cyst in my belly, fifteen centimeter. Oh wow! Yeah, I always thought I have like a digestion problem. Some of the audience might think, oh, how would you not know that if you have a fifteen centimeter <laughs> cyst in your belly? Know that you don't have symptoms. You don't have you know it doesn't cause anything. Like in your daily life, so that's why I was never pay attention to it because I always have、um, kind of like a little bit digestion problem for I don't know ten plus years, so I never paid attention to it. Then I need the operation, and the, when I went to the hospital because I have a private hospital insurance in Switzerland, and I went to the hospital、uh, at the check in, then someone came down to pick me up, took me to the room, and I went to the room. It's a one person room. And then I have a lake view on Lake Luzerne, with the mountains in the back. It feels like a five star hotel. And <laughs> and compared to when I was then back in China in the hospital, what what I've seen is like, oh my god, it's such a big difference. You know, it's such、yeah. a big difference. And、um, yeah, I stayed there. It feels like a five star hotel. My husband was there with me on the first day, and then he can order food directly from. The restaurant there, he even ordered like a steak. You know, everything is like five star hotel. <laughs> This is unbelievable. So I had, so that was that was the positive experience I had for the operation that makes me realize, oh, I have this opportunity to afford a private、uh, hospital insurance. That's why even I need operation is such a pleasant experience. And then a month later, after I,、uh, I was at home for the recovery, a month later I went back to work, and then two weeks. Uh, work two weeks working from home because of COVID situation. Then I had a phone call with my、uh, boss at the time, and then because it was a tech startup because of COVID, and then they 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 decided to just remove my department. Then they can reduce、wow. the expenses for company, so the company can survive. Which I understand. Usually for you know startups, you have to be have a small burn rate, so the company can at least survive. Yeah. Then I'm the head、yeah. of the department. Which means my jobs will be gone in two months' time. So that whole three months make me feel like there's no like I feel very insecure with my life because there's no stability of like a health part, family part, and also there's I would not have any income. So I never had a how to say I never I did lose a job for ten years. I never even thought about it. I thought oh I can always find a job. So that was the. Moment that triggered me. I was thinking, if I have enough money, I wouldn't even be stressed about this. If I don't have a job, it's it's okay. Then not having a job, yeah, right. Yeah, and then I have to apply for annual leave to fly back to China, visit my families, and then I didn't have enough annual leave, so I have to take unpaid leave so that the company granted for it. Then I thought, if I have enough assets and I have the freedom to deploy my own time. I don't need to apply for annual leaves. I can fly whenever <laughs> I want to fly, right? So the the whole se- sequence of events、um, really woke me up, re- make me realize、mm. that okay, really, money is a powerful tool that can solve a lot of problems in life, and how I can learn how to use it properly, even 
just to prepare for the you know medical expenses for my families if if they need. And then during that time, I was writing a lot of articles about investing in personal finance. And then Matthias, he read my articles online and he started to chat with me online on Facebook. And we discovered that we both lived in Singapore and his wife is from Taiwan. So very interesting. Uh, and then he has been doing the right thing all his life since he was a teenager <laughs> he has been saving he has been earning he has been investing and he has been doing this all his life that's why when he was uh, 37 years old he achieved financial independence moved his family from singapore to switzerland he works at home you know during the week he could take his kids to this um uh, the carnival events in the city while other dads probably they they are working in front of a computer mm. right on wednesday or yeah. thursday so I think then we started to talk about the whole personal finance, financial independence topic. Then I had the idea to really helping more people who were like me before, young professionals earning okay, you know, never invested properly, never learned how to use my money properly. I just think, oh, I just worked here when I retired, then I get my retirement money. But then there are some people that want more in life, right? They don't just want to work till they retire. They want to have more freedom gain they can buy their own time from employment so that they can deploy their own time with their families friends traveling so that that's the reason why we want to do this because you know he's a believer strong believer in using money as a tool to fulfill your dreams and i am the person who was on the other side not educated don't know what to do suffered from some live events then woke me up that to understand how important it is to have this um you know, things sorted out. So that's why we want yeah. to combine all the knowledge together and with lots of passion uh, through this course and help more professionals, young professionals, you know, who are earning okay, but they are suffering from, let's say, suffering <laughs> from lifestyle inflation. They're not investing. They're, you know, doing the wrong things. Yeah, so that's, that's the purpose that we have to really help people understand how money works and how to... Uh, step-by-step step, achieve financial independence and understand what to do. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that, that sequence of events is, that's like life, that's like life changing to experience that kind of stuff from a family member and then your own stuff and then COVID. So like the, uh, what I appreciate is that this course you've, this course has been designed from a, a big lesson that you learn in your life and there's a lot of you know besides yes you want people to manage yourself there's a lot of passion behind it because you want people to not experience the same things that uh, you that you went through you know and to have those realizations themselves so they can you know start preparing from now so that when because life happens sometimes you know shit's gonna happen like you don't know what happens today tomorrow who would have thought there'd be a pandemic who would have thought we'd be here two years later so there's so many unexpected things that can happen so i really admire that you took those the lessons you took from that and made something that can help a lot of people and i appreciate that and i think a lot of people um would appreciate that as well so that's awesome yeah because there's a one one concept called the ikigai i also learned this from you know matthias also told me this the ikigai concept from Japan is the four uh, four four circles Quadrant, that, right? yeah, yeah. that overlap with yeah. each other. And I find then we, we both recognize that like doing this course is our ikigai because we <laughs> before when we have live courses, we, we spent 
more than one hour per session, even though it's like one hour, sometimes it lasts to two hours just to answer the questions and chat with students because like it's so interesting. And then the how the course was structured is literally, uh, I think it just Matthias summarized all his uh, game plan <laughs> in the six modules. He has been implementing it himself. It's like a proven proven game plan proven strategy <laughs> he has already done it right and i'm yeah. doing it i'm on the same path and i already feel much much better with our like a financial situation and everything yeah no and that makes that really does make a lot of sense and one i i love my favorite module out of all of it was um the last one module six which is a build the fuck you setup so could you just tell us a little bit more about what is that why do we need one and i think that's a fantastic name Okay, that module is, um, so to give your audience a little bit of background, so we, we build up like step by step, right? Understand how money yeah. works, the mindset, the habits, the savings, the earning, the investing, and then the system. So when it comes to the system that when you understand all the building blocks before, and now you develop a system. So with the course, after you finish the course with all the Excel and the, the tools, you would have a system in place. You, you would actually know how much asset you will have in five, 10, 20 years down the road, <laughs> um, then you, you wouldn't have it automated. And then you keep your life going like this for five, 10 years. If there was some smart investment you did in your life, uh, let's say a good property investment on the, the market price, hugely rental income, et cetera, or big bonus promotion, something like that, then you can fast track your, um, your, your path. Then with this system, um, it, we call it the setup, then it will help you to achieve your financial goal or where you want to be. By then, your financial capital would be enough to sustain your daily expenses. So if you're not happy at work, <laughs> then you're anytime you're ready to say fuck you and leave. <laughs> so that's why it's, it's called that. Role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's I I love the the where the name came from and the idea behind it. So that if you just want to one day get up and like bounce, you know, you can just say "fuck you," I'm out, and you know, and I'll be fine. That's awesome. I I really I really like the name because I saw it and it like struck me. I'm like, oh, I like that. I'd like to build something like that. Um, I wanted to um, come on to uh, the marketing side of things because I know you've been in marketing for over ten years and so on, and I know you've worked uh, across a lot of industries across, you know, with Heineken, Unilever, and then uh, Core, Core Ledger, I believe was the, la the most recent one. What have, you, um, what have you found, I guess, to be the similarities that you find no matter the industry? Because obviously each industry has its own um, audience, its own customers, its own mindset, how people think about that kind of stuff. You know, to like looking at your experience from blockchain and you know a, a beverage product and like all that kind of stuff so i guess what are the similarities that you found that you find across the board no matter the industry yeah if we talk about marketing right i think yeah uh the same again principles apply across the industry is whenever okay. a company or a project wants to promote their product or services they really have to niche down and find out the exact perfect target audience I think that's so okay. true. And uh, I have to, how do you say, I really wish a lot of more blockchain projects or NFT projects would 
understand this, the, the co-founders of tech companies or tech startups would understand this. That's you have to understand who you are targeting, for whom is your products, what kind of problem you're solving, or what kind of value add are you bringing to them? Them is your target audience. And then yeah. you have the core message. Then your marketing activities would be around this core message and communicating this core message to your target audience, right? In the most effective way possible it can be videos, uh, blogs, or the, I don't know, social media content, etc. So I think this one is core, but what the FMCG companies do really, really well, because marketing is kind of like the core departments, because it's all about brand, right? If you say yeah. this peanut butter and the other peanut butter, okay, more or less the same, uh, this detergent and the other detergent, <laughs> they're more or less, more or less the same. But it's all about yeah. the brand. And sure. what they do very well is to understand they have like a portrait of target audience. Each person, uh, each target audience have its own unique personalities, lifestyle, etc. And then there's like a core value, uh, brand value attached to this. And then during their design, during their commercials, during the promotions, they're all, you know, they're all doing it in a way to fit into target audience uh, taste. So I think that's, I think it's very important. It's actually very basic for marketing. But nowadays, what I've seen from the NFT project is they just, yeah, yeah. I think it's the hype marketing, I would call it, uh, you know, the giveaways, lucky draws, L drop. Yeah, buy Twitter promoter, uh, buy likes. Yeah, I think it's, it's okay to use it for activation, but it's not. Um, sustainable if you want to build a trustworthy brand over a long term if you are really building a business and a company or a project that's going to you know bring value to the community over long term uh, you cannot just do the activation you have to do the brand building stuff as well yeah uh, and I think you you made a great point about no matter the industry goes back to you know the principle of what is marketing which is at the end of the day this is a process to target your specific that specific audience that's going to resonate with your product or your service and really understand it so it doesn't matter what industry you're in that's where you start and then you put in the mark like you said the marketing activities to start pushing you know towards that whether social media and so on but when we talk to when we talk about because i know you um with promote and scale there's a focus on blockchain startups and what i thought was really interesting about that is a couple things so Blockchain, as you know, not everyone, number one, even today, not everyone understands what blockchain is, what the technology is, what's the power behind it, you know, what are the applications, how can it be used in, you know, in your daily life. So the challenge, at least from my perspective, that's why I wanted to talk to you about it, is for companies like that, that are, it's very tech focused. And if you don't understand that world, you won't understand what they're trying to do for you. I would assume that would be quite challenging from a marketing perspective because I'm, per I okay, I know a little bit about it. I understand it, but I, I still don't understand the tech behind it. I like it, I, I wouldn't understand how this project or company differs from this project or company and what technology they're using. So for the average person, I know we talked about target audience, but let's say you're trying to cast a wider net now. I can imagine that be quite challenging for to market to the general public because there's such a lack of education surrounding it. And blockchain, I would say, only in the last two years has become, and thanks to crypto, has become very top of mind, and people are starting to actually try to learn and understand it. So, 
Could you tell me about like what are the challenges you face with promoting blockchain? Yeah. Um, so from our side, the challenge about promoting blockchain projects is sometimes we want to do it the uh, proper way, <laughs> but okay. then but the companies okay. um, they want to do it like the you know quick quick way. They they just spend some money on Twitter promoter, then they want to see the following. I think which is okay, but you cannot ignore the organic brand building side because that is going to be sustainable and long-term you have to do both together so one is brand building the other one is called activation that's why when we see when you draw the you know the growth of the curve it's not straight it's more like this like a wave going yeah. up but the little waves the little peaks are the activations you do but the overall trend is the brand building activities you do so i think one of the challenges would be to let the tech founders understand um, how to do marketing in a way that is going to help them achieve their business objective okay and because sometimes they already jump into the next step is what needs to be done then they need to hire the person to do it for them but uh, the step before is this is what they want to achieve in terms of project level business level and then how marketing how marketing strategy or marketing plan to be designed a way helping them achieve that the most efficient way possible and then we decide what to do next so I think that's a little bit challenge while uh, challenge for us while talking to tech startup uh, founders. Uh, but in terms of communication, I don't think that's very challenging because I'm very good at conceptualizing. Okay. So the customers, right, the general publics, if they're the users, they don't care about the how. They only care about the why and the what. What I mean by that is if you are developing, a, let's say, crypto wallet, they only care about what you are, your crypto wallet, and why is why they need to use yours, not MetaTask, uh, sorry, MetaMask or other yeah. uh, hard drive wallet, like, uh, sorry, hardware wallet. They don't care about the, the thing itself. They care about why they need to use your products. So that is the why. Why is the your unique value proposition? You tell them why you are different. And the how, why they don't care about how, the how is um, how you develop your crypto wallet, what is the code behind it, what is the, you know, the specific mm. technologies, which uh, programming language you are using, all the technicalities, like general users, they don't care about that, right? They only care about True. if your product can solve their problem. So I think uh, for companies, they don't have to focus so much on explaining the tech while they have to focus on translating the tax into the value, the values that they bring it to the customer. So that's, I think that's where we come in as a marketing company for, uh, for blockchain tech startups is to help them communicate with the target audience better. And so that the target audience understand why they need to buy their products or services. Yeah. And I think you made a good point that maybe I didn't consider, I thought, um, I guess just from the outside perspective that the how would be very important, you know, it's understand like what, how these things work. But I think you made a good point that at the end of the day, all I care about as a customer is why are you doing this? And does this solve whatever problem I'm looking for it to solve? And is it simple enough, you know, simple enough to use? Um, and I think that's a really good point that I didn't consider before that it, the how is not irrelevant, but if you understand, okay, it's cool. But at the end of the day, as long as, 
I get what you're doing and you help me with what I'm do what the problem I have that's all that matters so yeah. I think that's a really good point that I I didn't even consider either yeah um I have a very a very interesting story to tell so I, I heard from someone his friends asked him can you explain to me how blockchain works and then this person replies so when you open your web browser you see this uh HTTP right https something something do you know what do they what do you know what does http mean and they was like okay i don't know so but you're still using the web browser right yes yes so that's the answer for <laughs> why i need to explain to you how blockchain works that's actually <laughs> that's a great example that's a great example very true like again like you said i don't know what that means but i use it all the time and you know it helps me with whatever i need to do so i think um <laughs> that's really interesting. yeah if you can transfer your money from a, to another person you know like right in the second and then why do you need to figure out like how the you know the the, the tech the the algorithm work and the blockchain right. yeah. the validate <laughs> uh, like you don't care as a general user yeah. you don't care yeah 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 that's true that's actually that's a great point and a really good uh, really <laughs> a really funny story um on the on the concept of nfts now i we i don't i know very little i kind of get what they're about i get how they work but from a i was curious from a marketing perspective what's your view on nfts and is this something that you would maybe recommend you know to your clients to to create because i i don't know from a marketing perspective does that fit in in the right way or or doesn't it oh i think a mark uh, so from marketing's perspective nft is really really a hype nowadays so okay. if a company wants to leverage on the hype um if they have something related to nft of course you can be found through uh like keyword search right but there are other types of nfts which i find is very interesting for example um we have clients and then they have like a hardware and then the identity you know the owner of of this hardware was identified through an nft so the buyer would hold this nft and then there's another project is your NFT is your bank account. So you don't need to know the numbers as long as the other person uh, knows your username, they can transfer money to you. So in this case, I think the NFT is not about digital art, but more about, <clears throat> sorry, but more about the actual use of blockchain or the actual use of NFT itself. So that I find it's very interesting. Personally, I'm not a like an art person, so I cannot appreciate so much about all these little, <laughs> I don't know, like uh, the king Kongs, the the chickens. Yeah, the, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, just just me. I'm I'm not that type of person. So in real life, yeah. I also don't collect art. So I, I cannot imagine myself collecting digital art. Maybe in the future, but not now. Not now. Yeah. So from a mar so from a marketing perspective, you think at the moment it's just. Uh, just like a hype thing that ever, like a lot of people want to make NFTs of random things, you know, that related to their company that doesn't, it might not really translate later down the line or what, is that what you, is that what you think? Yeah, I think like for, to do marketing, right? If the company, yeah. if yeah. the NFT fits into your products, right? Like as okay. a side okay. thing gotcha. or it can be yeah. in, incorporated in your whole product line. I think that's mm. very interesting. There's usage, there's a uh, how to say interconnection with all the other elements. And then mm. when you communicate to the community, then it's interesting because now it's a hype keywords. But for projects who are promoting digital art, then 
that's by nature is NFT digital art. Uh, then that's the the way how they promote it. You know, with uh, collectibles, with uh, building a community, and then they might have very famous art, art artists behind it. So that could be very interesting for certain type of target audience. But then if a project, I say, uh, you you have you build your own thing. And then the NFT is completely not related to your project, but you try to build an NFT something, something just for mm. the marketing purpose. I think that's, we call it activation, like promotional okay. activation. Yeah. Okay. But then yeah. maybe after the hype is over, then, you know, then we move on to something else as a brand activation. But fundamentally, you still have to run your brand building activities. So I think it can be yeah. used technically or it can be if it's incorporated in the whole product line then we can promote it uh sustainably gotcha okay no that makes that makes a lot of sense so if it fits what you're doing and there's a genuine place for it that could be an idea but also if you want to from a maybe a mark like a like you said an activation perspective just to you know increase you know exposure and so on adding making it a collectible kind of thing could could have a place for it too so yeah if it fits and if it can be used, you know, to for for an activation, then it would make that would make sense. Okay. And, yeah, I and you. if you find the right target audience that would resonate with, you know, this NFT, then of course it's more yeah. effective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And again, coming back, I think, and we're gonna get into we're gonna continue on this target audience uh, perspective because uh, I want to f- uh, move on to uh, the podcast. Um, so I know you, so guys, whoever's listening, uh, Yassi has a podcast called the fact Tra- fast track podcast. And I know it focuses um, from most of the ones I've seen. It's related, like it's in like it's financial sector, yeah, I'd say yeah. money. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that kind of stuff. So I guess what is, uh, for the people who don't know, could you tell us what is a podcast? What is it about? And what are you trying to, what's the aim of the podcast? What are you trying to do with it? Yeah, so when I started this podcast, that's, that's still like 2020 when, you know, at that time I had a lot of time. So I thought <laughs> if money is not a problem, like I don't have to put food on the table, right? If money is a problem and I have time, what would I do even if I'm not paid? That's why I wanted to start a podcast because I'm a awesome. person who loves to share, right? When I learn something, yeah. when I find something useful, I love to share with everybody. <laughs> So having yeah. this podcast allow me to have the opportunity to interview great minds. You know, I learn from people and also I put a mic there. So my audience can also learn from the my guests. And why I focus on three topics is money, career, entrepreneurship, because I ask myself, okay, what I'm interested in. Okay, I'm interested in the three <laughs> topics. Okay, then let me talk about these topics. Because I yeah. think if I'm interested in, I will attract audience who are also interested in these topics, right? So that's how sure. I started my podcast. And then over time, I um, slightly, you know, geared my top was to uh, investment, personal finance, because I find it's kind of solve a major problem in our society that is you know people do not learn personal finance uh in school or from their parents most of the time yeah so i think that has more tangible impacts after we um run several batches of the fast track money course like we get great reviews and everybody everybody said i wish i have known this earlier (laughs) (laughs) i said the same thing as well of course 
Um, yeah. So that would be funny, like uh, if some of the audience would later learn personal finance and would they think the same? I think probably yes. Like, oh, uh, everyone, <laughs> the, I, I read a tweet online said, uh, if I if I know this, you know, personal finance, I wish I could have started investing when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> Someone <laughs> writing this was so funny. <laughs> that's that's a great tweet that's a great tweet and um i i like how i like that you like you the the mission of the podcast is kind of the same thing that you know i'm trying to do with with mine which is i learned in my experience i learned so much from listening to podcasts and ted talks and just i wasn't even there not even in the room but I was able to listen to this conversation and it affected me so much. So kind of like you're trying to help people with their investments and their personal finances and so on. I'm trying to help people just, just yeah. I'm more broad. I'm just like, I hope that this guest, you know, uh, is interesting to you and that you learn something from it. And I wanted to move on to something because um, I read online, mm-hmm. uh, you guys have a, a blog post about how to start a podcast and so on. And uh, there was a quote that you use. I can't remember who it's by, but the the riches are in the niches. And it's by Pat Fling from SPI uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So Pat Fling, shout out to Pat yeah. Fling. Um, and so I, it's interesting that because I I do podcast consulting as well, so helping <clears throat> companies and brands launch their own podcasts. And what's interesting is when we talk about niche. And why why is that important? So I've I've been back and forth, you know, with my own podcast about should I should it be more niche? Because mine is very general, you know what I mean? It's obviously it's Joe Rogan based, but it's not like that. It's a bit more it's a bit more focused than his is. But his is completely general and so on. And you know, he brings people from if you ask him if you ask someone what is it about, no one could give you an answer because it's just conversations across the board. Um, but I would advise people if they want, especially businesses and stuff, if you're going to start a podcast, I think there should be an objective objective behind it. So what's your perspective of when finding, I guess, the niche for your podcast from, from like a business, I guess, from a business perspective? And do you think that and how does podcasting nowadays, how is it affecting? Do you think it's affecting marketing and so on and brands? And do you see this as the way forward for the next, you know, five, 10 years? I I really believe in that you know having your own show as a company like from from business let's talk about business right for the company if you run your own show and you talk about you know the topics that related to your business you establish the authority among your target audience and authority yes authority and trust because if people are learning from you they trust you more right true yeah so for business I think if they have enough resources uh, having a podcast is a very good marketing is a very good marketing tool to help them build trust with the target audience, build authority, and also maybe even awareness. Um, yeah, if they have enough resources and uh, yeah. in house, um, so that I believe is going to grow much bigger in the next years. But at a personal level. I think it's so easy to start a podcast nowadays. You can even start a podcast with a uh, zero investment. Um, the, yeah. if you know, it can be a hobby. It can be something like a side project with uh, with a partner or with your friends. It can be like a side hustle thing. 
And uh, it, I think this podcast is really a great tool. And you have you don't have to care about you know how you look like. You don't have to do makeup. You just like put a mic <laughs> and then record <laughs> it with Zoom and then you know edit it a little bit and upload. So easy. So yeah. 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 So you think that moving forward, podcasting from a business perspective or a brand perspective is a very <clears throat> a very powerful tool and will help you gain. Um, either raise awareness about whatever your whatever your company yeah. or your brand yeah. is yeah and become a trusted or trusted voice i think you said something that's really you're 100 right about is if people are learning from you they're going to trust you they're going to trust yeah. you more which yeah. then translates into trusting the brand yes. or the company more yes yes and some yeah. some people can use it for uh, personal brand building and it's so funny i had like uh, two phone calls with completely not related you know uh, uh, something else you know and it's like oh i think i heard about your podcast before i was like what (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, i guess it's a good thing because you know people feel like they know me better because i share my opinions i talk about topics that interest in i i I like it as sometimes you know the people writing uh to me on linkedin is like oh i like your podcast Uh, that makes me feel very good so I, I do podcasts is one thing is like I learn from my guests and I get to make more friends and then uh, probably I hope, you know, my audience will find it useful and they might think about, okay, uh, you know, learning personal finance from me and Matthias. And if they decide not to, but it's also beneficial for them. I also find it's really great that if people really can take something valuable from this, uh, those conversations. Yeah, no, absolutely. I resonate that uh, with that a hundred percent. You know, my I'm trying to do the same thing with you know with my podcasts. Um, and like you said, I think one thing that I didn't expect from the podcast that I've that has proven to be true was I didn't know how powerful of a networking tool it was. You know, like I've had, I've done. This is our my seventy first episode. Me and you here together. You know, which is and so people all over the world so like i would have never we would have never met we've never had an hour sit down conversation that we can get to know each other about an interesting topic that and that not only am i hopefully helping someone but from a networking perspective even from uh that's why when i talk about when i think of it from a business perspective it opens so many i think it opens so many doors for you that would have otherwise not been open because when you're in i've been on podcasts and i run my own and i'm sure you have you have as well you you realize that it's interesting how like you being invited on a podcast means someone sees you as someone of value and they want to have you on the show and vice versa when you're bringing a guest on like when you're reaching out on linkedin to someone this this is the way i think of it when i was in sales i'm making linkedin connections but yes my goal is yeah i want to i'm trying to sell you something you know so eventually you're going to get those messages like oh are you free for a call i'd love to discuss (laughs) all that stuff but when i reach out and I'm just inviting you to come on a podcast. I'm not asking anything from you and you're someone of value. So as from a guest perspective, they appreciate people feel appreciated and they're more willing to come on your show. Have you found that to be a similar experience as well? Yeah, actually, I said the same thing to other people is, you know, when you reach out to people online, even though you don't know them, you are reaching out to them as who you are right? Who you are as a person and you want to interview who they are as a person. I mean, by the nature of your your show, you're not the business conversation. That's so interesting because the conversation is so much 
like genuine compared to a sales call, right? So I had the yeah. same experience. So I expanded my network drastically over the years. I just finished uh, finished editing my 17th episode. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then the lots of my guests through my podcast, they also get to know other other guests. So there was some like, synergy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then yeah. I, I would be glad, you know, if they, some of them have like a business partnership or collaboration. I think it's such a you are building your own small community. And uh, I love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I, I totally resonate with that. And congratulations on starting the podcast episodes. You've done 17, you said? 17, yeah. 17. So here's to many, you know, uh, many, many more. And it's, I really like the vision behind the podcast. I like that you're focusing on an area that I think a lot of people could learn um, and benefit from. So I really appreciate that. And congratulations again. Um, yes, I just have two more questions for you. These are questions that I ask all my guests. So looking back, whether on your career or from a, on, or something maybe personal for yourself, when you look back, what are you most proud of? Um, I think I'm most proud of is, um, I never feel very scared about a new environment, be it a okay. country or just a party. I know nobody. Um, yeah, I feel very, I can always find a place for myself or I can always uh, grow from that environment, no matter where you where, where you throw me into, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, I think that's, uh, maybe it's a character, it's a re resilience. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And especially that you, I think that would make a lot of sense since you traveled the world and worked across in eight different countries so i think that would also have must have having that characteristic must have helped you out you know so much yeah 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 and for my last question yasi what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today um okay this is important start personal finance education now and then take action right after. <laughs> <laughs> I you, think... you will not regret it uh, 10, 15, <laughs> 20 years down the road. Really, like then you will see when your friend buys a fancy, expensive car, you will not feel jealous. You will not feel like, oh, how come I cannot afford it? You will see differently. You will see, oh, I will not want to spend money on that depreciating assets. I want to put my money in appreciating assets, which will turn into three times the amount, like five, 10 years later. You will really see everything completely on the other side. Trust me. Okay, mark that. You know, some of the audience, if you really see that, you can send me a message online. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> please do. And I think that's uh, a great message and a great way to end the show. Guys, make sure to, like I said, start now. And I like what you said, and take after action right after. I think that's great advice that, you know, for myself and for everyone um, listening to the podcast, I think they could learn, um, learn a lot from just what you said and from our conversation today and so on uh, and so thank you so much Yassi for coming on the show this has been so much fun I've really enjoyed our conversation I've learned a lot from you today so and I'm sure there's a lot of people who will uh, take a lot of things away from our conversation as well um, but for the people if they want to get in touch with you they want to work with you let us know where we can find you uh, plug it in yeah I would um, 
like advise you just go to fasttrack.life. So that's the website. I think the new website will come out later this month in January. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter is Yasi underscore uh, Zhang. And then you can follow me on Instagram is uh, Fast Track Podcast. Then you can find it there. Everything, I, I try to post a lot of educational content. Um, I hope it helps, yeah. Yeah, I hope it helps. That's what we try to do. Uh, so guys, you heard it here, uh, fasttrack.live and fasttrack on Twitter and uh, sorry, on Instagram and so on. She's posting great content all the time. So make sure to check it out. Uh, Yasi, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciate your time. This has been this has been amazing. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Guys, to everyone listening, thank you so much. As always, follow the podcast at hope.it.helps. Share it with your friends, subscribe. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace.